when you're in a rebuild year, it isn't about wins and losses. It's about development. It's about creating faith and belief in the future. It's about believing you're on the right track. And right now, I'm not sure the Seahawks are on the right track. It's time that we had a bigger conversation about whether Pete Carroll is the right man to lead this rebuild or whether a new era with new ideas is required. And before anyone jumps in the comment section and says it, I know about the ownership situation, that the team is probably going to be sold in 2024 and 2025. And there's a strong argument that many people make that Jody Allen simply will not fire Pete Carroll and that he will not retire. But my response to that is, so what? That doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about what is right for this team, whether Carroll is right for this team. We still have to have that conversation. Carroll is supposed to be a defensive-minded head coach. Yet for the fourth year in a row, 2019, 2020, 2021, and now 2022, his defense stinks at the start of the season. The Seahawks have forced only one three and out so far in three games. That was against the Falcons, who were winless when they came to Seattle. Out of 27 opposition possessions, the Seahawks have only forced five punts. They have the fourth highest number of missed tackles. They are giving up 6.3 yards per play and 4.9 yards per running attempt. They are giving up 157 rushing yards per game, the second highest in the league. And the eight passes defended by a defensive player is the third lowest in the NFL. The coaching staff's changed. They've talked about new ideas, but we're seeing the same problems that we see year after year. We hear people like Clint Hurt, the new defensive coordinator, and Sean Desai talking about how things are going to be different. And we're looking at things like the Vic Fangio defense and how they're going to be influenced by that. And yet you see no evidence of it. If anything, they seem to be retreating back to Carroll's old tried and tested ways, which, as we've seen over the last few years, is just increasingly easy to play against. And so it was for the Falcons. They very easily move the ball on the Seahawks. Where's the plan to get behind on defense? It simply isn't there at the moment. And let's look at the PFF grades after three games. In the secondary, Michael Jackson is grading at a 56.4. Tariq Woolen, okay, he's a rookie, but he is even worse, 54.7. And what are they doing to Kobe Bryant? He is not a slot cornerback. They forced him in there. Are they ruining him in the early games of his career? Because he's grading at a 33.1. At safety, Josh Jones, 44.8. Not good enough. Quandre Diggs, 65.3. Okay, it's not as bad as some of the others, but you're not getting the bang for your buck that you're paying him for there with a 65.3 grade. A linebacker, Cody Barton, is grading at a 42.3. Horrendous. Jordan Brooks at a 53.2. He's supposed to be a great player, apparently. Well worth that first round pick. What have we seen? Tackles don't mean anything. Oh, he set a franchise record for tackles last year. At what point in his career since he's been drafted have you looked at Jordan Brooks and thought, that's a first round player that I'm seeing playing? And maybe the schemes and maybe the defense just doesn't help him. But I'm completely unconvinced by what I've seen from him. So he's either not good enough or the coaches are not doing a good enough job. And then you look up front. Al Woods, 57.6. Poor. Brian Manet, 54.3. Poor. Puna Ford has completely regressed. Nothing about their changes they made to this scheme suits him. 
he's grading at a 45.2. He was one of the few players you can rely on to grade well over the last few years. Quinton Jefferson, 43.5. And Shelby Harris in two games, 55.7. Bad, bad, bad across the board. But it gets worse. We'll start with a positive. Boya Mafe is not doing too badly as a rookie, 64.6. And Uchenna Nwosu has been the lone bright spark so far. He's grading at 81.2. That was a good free agent addition. He fits what they're trying to do. That gets two thumbs up. But look at Daryl Taylor's grade. It's worse than anybody else's. It's worse than even Kobe Bryant, a slot cornerback. He's grading at a 32.8. He's supposed to be your impact player. He doesn't suit this scheme. He's playing too many snaps. He isn't making an impact. It's not good enough. Across the board, it's not good enough. But in particular, that's scary for how Daryl Taylor's grading. The schemes and the ideas just seem muddled, jumbled, and incoherent. The players supposed to be making up the next core of this team are mostly regressing. And things just seem stale. And who is responsible for that? You need to be able to believe in the people who are creating the next era of Seahawks football. And with the product that we're seeing at the moment, how can you have faith in that? If the defense is this shambolic, as it has been for too long, why should fans be expected to believe in Carroll anymore? Especially when we see these same problems popping up year after year. There should be some pressure on Pete Carroll to deliver improvements and it for to happen now, starting with this game against Detroit at the weekend. We also need to see more from the running game. We need to see more than three points being scored on offense in the second half. We need to see that this is a team that is going to probably lose more games than it wins this year, but is actually going to fight and scratch and claw in the way that the 2011 team did just to give you that hope for the future. At the moment, we are not seeing that. And 12 years is a long time to be with the team. Few coaches last that long before things start to decline and you start to feel like, yeah, do you know what? This has come to the end of the line. A fresh start is needed. And it's not just Pete Carroll. Look at Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. You can make the same case that something very similar is happening there. Improvement must be witnessed in the next few weeks, not for the sake of wins this year in 2022, but for the sake of beyond to really feel that Pete Carroll deserves to see out this contract and maybe beyond as this team rebuilds. It shouldn't be that Carroll is simply safe because the sale of the team isn't likely to happen for another three years. It shouldn't be that Carroll gets to dictate the length of his tenure in Seattle, that he's all powerful. The team doesn't exist to indulge Pete Carroll and his wants and needs to the point where he's going to decide when he's had enough. The team should exist to provide a competitive team that plans on contending and will do whatever it takes to show to the fans that they are willing to do that. And Carroll has got to prove that some of the old magic still remains. He should have to prove he's the right man for the job for at least another three years. He has as much to prove as anyone right now. And Seahawks fans shouldn't be subjected to mediocre football simply because the timescale of a sale of the team makes it convenient for Pete to stick around. And part of me sometimes wonders, what is his motivation to stick around? He's 71 now. And there was all that talk of retirement at the end of the 2017 season, which when Jay Glazer's reporting stuff like that, 
you know that it was at least a consideration for him. And the more I think about it, I think Pete's motivation for carrying on is to prove that he's right, to prove that his philosophy is right, to prove that he is a football guru. I, I think that's the main reason that he's sticking around. And I think he feels that if he quits now or if he walks away from the game, then people are going to question his legacy. When you look at what he did at USC and then the early success he had in Seattle, he probably felt invincible in a coaching sense. And I think in his mind, he believed he was going to go down in the annals of history as a legend of coaching. And he would have been completely justified in thinking that. When you have the continued sustained success that he had at USC, and then you come to Seattle and within three years, four years, you've won a Super Bowl, incredible. He must have thought, I have got this made. My methods are the best. But here's the thing about the NFL. Nothing lasts for long. Not for long, NFL. And teams have worked out Pete Carroll and his defense. And without the LOB and without Marshall Lynch, it hasn't been as easy to have that sustained success in Seattle, just as it wouldn't have been if he'd stayed at USC and come, tried to continue without the Reggie Bushes and Mike Linets, et cetera, and Carson Palmers. It's just the way of the game. You know, you, unless you are very, very fortunate or very, very talented to keep replenishing, to keep adding world-class players, it becomes increasingly hard to just keep winning and winning and winning. And Carol loves to reference those great old coaches from yesteryear who inspired him. And I think he wants that to be the same. I think his dream is that in 30 years' time, someone will be referencing this great thing that Pete Carroll did. And that is sort of impacting decision-making in 2040 or something like that. Right now, I think that's in serious jeopardy because this just goes stale. And if he loses to finish his career in Seattle and just moves on with his toe between his legs, he'll be remembered in a negative way. He'll be remembered about how it finished. He'll be remembered for that Super Bowl against New England. He will not be remembered for the LLB, for the 2013 season, for the USC stuff. And retiring now isn't going to change that situation. Walking away quietly will just leave things in flux and people will wonder, how good was he? So he stays, a bit like an aging band, hoping they've got one last great album in them, which is fine for him because he's trying to sort of cement his legacy. But I'm not sure the Seahawks should exist just for Pete Carroll to try and cement that legacy. He needs to do better. The Seahawks need to do better than what we're seeing right now. They need to prove to the fans that the right people are working the controls. And if not, Jody Allen, as the custodian of this team, has to be prepared to do something about it. Pete Carroll preaches competition. It's time for him to completely justify continuing. Otherwise, it's time to move on. So let's see an improvement against Detroit. We need to see the defense be better. We need to see the running game be better. We need to see more than three points scored in that second half. This has to be the point where you turn the page. Let's hope that that happens. I'm not bothered about whether they win or lose in Detroit. We just need to see something better than we're seeing right now. And that has to go into New Orleans. And it has to go into the games that are coming up. Improvement is needed now to give the fans some hope. Let's hope it happens this Sunday in Detroit.